Hello, everyone. Welcome along to the Event Industry News podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing everybody a very good afternoon, uh, good morning, or good evening, wherever and whenever you are tuning in to today's podcast from. The podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Tech Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage. There are our weekly formalities over with and welcome along everybody to today's episode of the podcast and welcome along to our guest today. David Lovett-Hume is the founder and CEO of Assembler uh, and joins the podcast today. David, thanks for uh, coming along. No, thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. I, I always like to ask just out of curiosity and particularly given that in the background you've got a nice big world map there on your wall, where, <laughs> whereabouts you're actually joining us from geographically? Um, today I'm actually join, joining you from St. Albans, um, but I'm originally from Newcastle and uh, we've got an office up in the northeast and down in London as well. Okay, so it's so serving the purpose of being able, able to go back home to the northeast uh, whenever yeah. the, the, the fancy takes you. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I've got family up there and the office, so it's, yeah, I'm up there quite regularly. Fantastic. Um, Assembler may, may be something that, that's, uh, dare I say, unfamiliar to some of our, our, our podcast followers and people who are working in the industry. Um, and we're going to be talking to David today about um, Assembler, uh, how it formed, what it does, um, what it's here to do um, for event professionals. Um, that, that's a, that, uh, an apt point to throw it over to you, David. Um, what's your own professional background? Um, and give us the, the sort of the history of Assembler and how that came to be. Sure. So um, I've actually worked with technology and startups since around about 2004 um, in a very, varying different capacities. Uh, actually, the first startup I worked with was actually in Spain. Um, probably the most notable startup, apart from Assembler, of course, that I've worked for, um, was a company called Groupon, which many people uh, will have heard of. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I might love them or hate them, um, <laughs> but it was a very successful business. And I was one of the early stage employees here in the UK group on itself so I come from a kind of a product technology background um, and actually where assembler came from was that I um, had a friend who had an events agency um, I became a partner in that events agency to help them grow that and during that time got to learn about the events industry um, see how it functioned and see where we could make some real improvements to people's lives when it came to organizing and planning events um, yeah, and, uh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say uh, uh, operationally, you know, that there is um that, that there is a lot of technology now available in in the industry, and um you know that there are lots of startups. There's continually new platforms um, being being brought to market. Tell us specifically about what what Assembler was was set up and geared to do, and, and the particular gap in the market that um, that you identify. Because I know there's a, there's a bit of a an explanation about this on the About Us page of your own website. Yeah, exactly. So we actually sat in a room with 10 potential new clients as an events agency. Um, and we asked them what, what was their, their biggest challenge when it came to organizing corporate meetings and events. Um, and actually, the, the, the shell shocked us a little bit because they told us that it was us as an agency. Um, that was the, the biggest challenge that they faced. Um, they, you know, lack of, lack of control, lack of mm-hmm. transparency. Um, and really what they wanted was to be given back that control um, for them to be able to have a plethora of choice of venues and suppliers to be able to narrow down and, and essentially make those decisions instead of us as an agency um, somewhat making those decisions for them. 
Um, and that's where really Assembler was born. Um, you know, we already had an extensive database of venues and suppliers that we worked with. Um, but then we decided that we would start making those available to our customers to let them make more informed decisions and letting them refine their results down further. So where Assembler differs in the market at the moment is that we're the first aggregated events marketplace. So um, we're the first platform where you can choose a venue and you can choose a transport company, a catering company, a keynote speaker and everything. And we also back that up with technology, proprietary technology that we've built. So we've got something called the Event Assembler, which um, allows you to be able to plan, manage and book multiple events simultaneously mm. through one platform. So we sure. connect you to all of those, um, to those suppliers and venues, you receive quotes, um, you accept them, you contract them online, you pay for them all on online. So we're completely removing the need for um, spreadsheets, disparate communication methods, and actually bringing it into one platform that is really user-friendly. Um, and you know, it, it saves a ton of time for people. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you're using an agency, whether you're doing this by yourself, you know, time efficiency is incredibly important. And that's really what is at the heart of Assembler. I, I often find myself sort of playing devil's advocate uh, uh, with the podcast when, when people are explaining things to me. And um, you're absolutely right in saying that there's that time issue with all event professionals. You know, they're, they're making things simpler, easier, reducing the amount of time is, is always uh, are always benefits that are going to raise the interest of an event organizer. Yeah. But similarly, if, if you go too clinical with it and you've just got a system where people can click boxes or, or select things from drop down menus there's people would argue that there's far more to putting an event together than just selecting a venue via a drop down thing and selecting a couple of contractors and this that, that. How, how do you retain that sort of um soulful approach and that that approach that people want to have in making their events really personal and really bespoke um whilst also integrating that element of efficiency that something like assembler delivers yeah so the, on the front end when suppliers and venues list their services or their um their products with us uh, they can showcase that whether it's 360 degree views whether it's videos um, whether it's a plethora of, of images. Um, but we've also built a communication method. So it's not just as clinical as I'm selecting this venue and this supplier and that's it. All of the information is there and you make a decision like that. Um, you can communicate backwards and forwards with that particular um, venue or supplier so that you can really hone in on what you want to deliver during that event. Sure. Everything about Assembler is about making sure that the event goes off without a hitch. Um, and you know the communication between the suppliers and the the organizer is absolutely key with that and we all, all we do is we pull that into one place so that communications aren't missed um, and then yeah we, we allow people to connect one-on-one um, just through technology that empowers them and and when you talk about connecting one-on-one and, and, and communications via the platform you take the, the standard process of somebody me sending an email to a supplier or a contractor saying you need to be here at this time um how would the, that sort of process work by going via uh, doing that com via assembler instead of just via a normal email platform so um there's there's two different aspects to it there's pre-event so planning and then post booking the events as well so i think it's important to it to um explain that we Beyond booking and planning the events, that's where the Assembler platform has its speciality. Once you, you're in the events, we're not an event management platform where we do custom apps and websites and things right. like that. It's where everything before that. 
um, with the communication, um, when you're planning and booking or before you're booking the event, you can communicate one-on-one through the messaging platform. So instead of having to have multiple emails, which you've then got to either keep a folder of, you've just got one communication platform where everything's there so that if you get a message from your catering company, it filters into the same kind of messaging system as from the venue so that you've got a a whole um, list of conversations that you're having simultaneously. Now then go to once you've put, once you've booked the event, you can use the assembler messaging platform to actually put all of those key stakeholders into a group conversation. Mm-hmm. And this is particularly important because um, at the moment, again, as an organizer, you would typically talk to the venue, then you would talk to the caterer, then the, the keynote speaker. Um, and then if anybody should happen to throw a spanner in the works, for instance, the venue says you can't have the venue now at 12 o'clock, it's 12.30, then you'd have to go back to the caterer and pass that information on. Sure. The group messaging system does that all, all automatically. So you're, you as the organizer are in control of it. You invite the stakeholders to the communication uh, platform as you wish. Then you can start talking about run sheets, timings, site visits, etc. And then whenever the, the venue, let's say, puts a message in there, it notifies everybody that's in that communication chain of what that message was. So then the organizer themselves don't have to be bothered with liaising and passing that information on to multiple different suppliers. It's all there. It's a very collaborative environment. Um, and we see great success with making sure that the event goes off without a hitch, really. Um, one thing that I noticed, again, just, just looking at the, uh, the Assembler website, is that uh, the, the, the word in that's used on, on, on there is um, the way in which corporate events are planned and built. Uh, identifying, oh, sorry, uh, to read the full sentence, identifying an opportunity within the industry to use technology to streamline the way in which corporate events are planned and built. Is that something that was very, very specific to your business plan when you wanted to create and launch Assembler, that, that it would be for corporate events, or is this going to be translatable to different types of events beyond that um in the future it's it's possible that we will translate that to more leisure events like weddings etc festivals Um, but at the moment um, we were using our experience from being a corporate events management company and agency and basically every all of our processes that we would do offline we've built and digitized and put them online so we've used that experience Um, so yes for us it's it's key And it's core to our um, business at the moment that it's all about corporate events. And really our target market are corporate event planners. Sure. Uh, And how do your your, uh, friends and colleagues and associates that work in the agency feel about you creating a tool that in some respects could eliminate the need for what the agency has done? Yeah, you've you've got two two different um, responses to that. Some are a little bit worried about what what we've created. Some are intrigued. Mm-hmm. Um, in the future, um, Assembler will be available for agencies as well, which will be a workflow streamlining tool. Um, but at the moment, it's, it's, we are directly, um, I suppose, competing against event agencies mm-hmm. um, and putting control back in the, the event organizers' hands. You know, event agencies um, will always be around. Um, sure. You know, there's, there's customers who will always want that personal attention, that one-on-one. And then you've got the other uh, corporate event planners who really want to be in control and, you know, control every single little aspect of the event. And that's where the assembler platform comes in. 
I suppose to take that maybe not a stage further, but in a slightly different tangent, um, is that event organisers, whilst they may have come to you and said that they uh, fear of being out of the loop or out of control of their own event, perhaps the very reason that they've contracted the services of an event agency in the first place is because despite being an organiser in the end client, they don't have the experience or the skills or the time to be able to actually put together an event. So even though you're yeah. giving them the tools to do that using Assembler, if they've not got that experience and the skill of knowing what they need and how it needs to be deployed, do they still need third-party help even with Assembler as a platform available to them? Because you, the you could put Assembler into the hands of any sort of marketing manager at a big company, but if they don't have event experience, they're still not going to want to know, not going to know what type of venue they need or what type of supplier they need, are they? Well, that's where Assembler comes in, actually. So with our proprietary technology and the event Assembler, it walks through even the most inexperienced of event organizers step-by-step step with what they need. So they can, you know, if they choose a meeting, we will get, refine their results automatically based upon uh, relevance um, to a meeting venue, to a location, et cetera. Whereas if they choose a conference, then again, we, re we refine those results straight away and also let them know what are the minimum requirements they should be booking in order to fulfill a successful conference and then putting them directly in touch with each of those individual uh, suppliers so that they can put it all together. I've done many a panel discussion, certainly with personal assistants who are, you know, largely in control of booking meetings and events these days. Mm -hmm. um, and every time that I'm doing a panel discussion, there's always one or two people that stand up and say, I've never organized a meeting or event in my life yet. I now have to do that as part of my role. And that's exactly where Assembly was built for. <clears throat> to, to, find, to find the right places, to find the right people, to find the right resources that are required to um to put that on um i was something that you touched on very very briefly in terms of um uh how the actual content and the contacts and the resources that are available via assembler are sourced um how much work did you have to do in order to go and almost pitch what assembler was to venues to contractors to suppliers to resource providers in order to make sure that when you launched there was a significant enough portfolio of resources on there to make it worthwhile. And then taking that a stage further, having established that, is there a way that those types of people, be it venues or resources, can come to you and actually have their own services listed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was, there was a lot of work prior to us actually launching. So we went into a closed beta test in 2016. And that's where we did a lot of work with venues and suppliers to be able to get them to list their services on the platform itself. Um, you know, we've removed as many barriers as we possibly can for people to be able to list. Um, whenever somebody does list their, their, their system and uh, their, their service, and they can do automatically on the assembler platform by going to register their services, um, we do perform a number of checks once mm -hmm. that's been uh, listed on there before it goes live. So we'll, you know, we'll check the business out, make sure that they're a legitimate business, um, that the information's on there, that the, the, the content that's been provided is accurate, et cetera. And then we'll make it, then we'll allow it to go live. So we want as many service providers and venues as possible on the platform so that we can give the user the ultimate choice. You know, when we, when we first started out this, the brief that we were given by those customers were, we want the choice of Google, but in a workable way. 
we want to be able to narrow down those. We don't want to go to every venue's websites to then find the events page, to then find information and send an email. We want to be able to narrow down those results mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. And we want to be able to get in touch with those people and receive quotes as quickly as possible. So that's, where the, that's the way the system's being built. So it, we're, we've reduced as many barriers to entry on both sides from a user perspective and from a, a supplier's perspective to be able to list your services and actually to be able to contract them as a user. On the subject of venues um, specifically, yeah. um, I'll use my own personal experience of this is that if I'm, if I've got a date in my diary to work in a venue that I've never worked in before, my first port of call is their website. And there's a massive uh, spectrum of, of, of uh, quality there when it comes to what's on there. And I don't mean in terms of design, I mean in terms of content. I want to see a really good floor plan of a venue that shows me exactly where the internet connections are, where the plug sockets are, is there three-phase power, where are the fire exits, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all of those sort of fine details. Some websites will have them, some websites don't. Do you have a set criteria, depending on supplier, that you insist that they put on their profiles or their details so that there's a fair comparison that can be made by, uh, by users? Yeah, we do. So when you list your services, you've got to go through it step by step. And there's, there's lots of uh, mandatory fields that you must fill in. Um, I have to say that we haven't gone quite as far as what you're talking about with the detailed floor plans, quite simply because you're right, there's a large proportion of venues out there that don't even have it. Mm. You know, for me as well, you know, 360 degree views of meeting an event space is vital for people to get a flavor of the room. Yet many venues prioritize their bedrooms and their lobbies, but never get their event spaces done. That's mm. something that we'll be helping the venues with in the new year as well, because yeah. we see that being vital to the assembler experience. So that if you are based in a city, let's say you're based in London and organizing an event in Paris, it's highly unlikely that the company is going to sign off for you to travel over there and do a site visit. Some will, many won't. So we, yeah. we're wanting to work with the venues and suppliers to be able to showcase their, their service or, or their, their offering as best they can. And 360 degree views is, is imperative for that. I would embellish that ever so slightly and just go off on a personal crusade just for 10 seconds and say that if there are any venues listening out here, it's lovely to have a photo on your website of a beautiful wedding or an event or a DJ with your dance floor laid out. But what I also want to see are as many pictures as possible of the space completely blank with nothing in it, brightly lit in the widest angle possible from as many different angles as possible. So if there are any venues, isn't that, they're the photos that we also want to see. It's great showcasing it when it's all dressed and ready for it from a lovely arty angle, but just give me a blank space and well lit will be, be fine as a start point. Yeah, um, I completely agree. I, I'm married to a photographer and I, I can see, I've seen the magic that she can work on, you know, some venues and some other, uh, other photographs as well. So yeah, I think something that is, you know, very honest, and it allows you to be able to be to visualize the event that you want to put on mm. is absolutely imperative so uh, having had that little um that little side side rant about venues um david uh what i'd like to ask uh, next is it concerns the monetization and the transaction point of view i'll come to the monetization in a bit but from uh, when we look at transactions um, as an organizer, I've used Assembler to select my venue, to select some suppliers and some additional resources. How are the transactions then completed between me and that provider? Do I then get handed off and passed directly to them to pay for those services or can that sort of thing be done via this platform as well? 
yeah, assembler becomes the payment processor. Um, so whether you need to pay for one component or multiple components, assembler raises an invoice for you. So again, we're streamlining the process for complex events, especially whereby we can raise one invoice, even if you've got 11 different um, suppliers and venues on there, um, then you would pay assembler either via card or via bank transfer. And we distribute that to the suppliers themselves. Now, one of the important reasons why we are the payment processor is that we've got the assembler guarantee. Now, the right. assembler guarantee is the first in its industry um, protection so that it ensures the user's event investment. So essentially, if your event has to be cancelled for unforeseen circumstances, let's say terrorism for whatever, for whatever reason, then the assembler guarantee kicks in and then would pay you back for the money that you've lost, um, which you already paid the suppliers and the venues as well. Um, so we've got our own insurance policy built into uh, the assembler to make it safe for you to be able to transact to the, the system. Now that, that, that to me sounds instantly like a, not, not a too good to be true, but it may be a game changer for people who've never organized events before. Um, if I've learned anything, so. that people in the event industry often have lots and lots of different ideas and, and concepts for new events, but there's often this um, sometimes uh, a, 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 a not not a scared approach, but the idea that there's a lot of risk involved and that if they commit a lot of money to a venue, to um, suppliers, et cetera, and then for whatever reason, the event can't go ahead. Let's say, they let's say they don't get the audience numbers, the ticket sales don't come in or the registrations don't come in and they want to cancel it. Are things like that guaranteed through Assembler or is it for unforeseen circumstances like terrorism or the venue can't uh, honor the booking? Exactly, yeah. So it's more for the latter. So if you change your mind or you just can't arrange the event that you wanted to arrange, then that's not covered. Sure. But if for instance, a tornado rips through, um, you know, a city that you were going to hold your events in, it kicks in. Mm -hmm. um, and really where this came from as an, as an agency, we actually organized um, an overseas event for a pharmaceutical company. Um, and we placed the event in Paris and then the Paris terrorist attacks happened. Right. So duty of care kicked in. They wanted the event moved. So we moved it and we moved it to Brussels and then the Brussels bombing happened as well. So this pharmaceutical company lost their event investment twice through, you know, really unforeseen and terrible circumstances. Uh, we just wanted to make sure that we put something in place um, that didn't really exist in the industry that made people feel comfortable that, you know, we're in it with them. You know, we, we're there to make their jobs easy yeah. and also to, to safeguard any investment that they place with us as well. Sure. Uh, and, and I think that said, that's still going to offer um, maybe not reassurance, but when we go back to the, 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 the principle of Assembler being there to, to make it easy for people to put together events, um, event insurance is something that, that, that people, you know, often either don't get or yeah. struggle to get because they may feel it's a complicated process. They're not quite sure who to go to. It's quite a specialist service. And there are specialist providers out there who, who deliver event insurance for those types of, uh, of reasons and for those types of cover. But having it integrated into something, I suppose, is just one less thing that an organizer then has to go and get, which is, comes back to the whole principle of the system. Yeah, exactly. And, and actually trying to get it signed off through the budget for the event quite often um, you know, whoever is um, signing off the budget for these events mm. don't really build into the fact that they should have it insured. You know, they just want a great event and they don't want to think about it if it can't go ahead. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we've just taken that stress out of it for the user really. Sure. Um, when I first put the question about transactions, I mentioned the word monetization. Yeah. And, um, I think it's important that we do address that um, sure. because it's something that um, for some reason, a lot of tech companies, uh, I wouldn't say dodge the question, but it, it almost to be it's sometimes a bit of an awkward one to approach. But ultimately, businesses are set up to make money. I'm sure Assembler was created because you saw a market there for it. And also an opportunity to monetize the platform and to make money and, and run it as a business. So how does the monetization side of things work? Do the suppliers and people who want to list their services and their venues and their resources have to pay to do that? Is there a fee that's taken out through the transaction process that you have described? Yeah. So um, from the user's point of view, we don't charge them anything. There are no markups. There's, there's absolutely um, no charges to the user whatsoever. On the supplier side of things, they don't have to pay us an advanced fee to list. They pay us a small commission on everything that they, that they book. So mm-hmm. it's a success fee. You know, if they don't get a booking, they never pay us a penny. Uh, if they do, then they actually pay us a uh, far lower than average commission than the, what they currently pay uh, to tr- traditional agencies and venue sourcing companies at the moment. Sure. Like I said, we reduced as many barriers to entry as we possibly could on both sides. Um, we want as many people to be able to transact through the platform as possible. So yeah, we make it as cheap as possible and you know economic as possible for on both sides to work with Assembler. And are those uh, commissions um, taken uh, at the point of transaction? So where the money goes from organizer to provider, as that comes through the Assembler system, is that is it at that point that the fee is taken off? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And that, that allows us to be able to introduce, like I said, the assembler guarantee, which actually protects both parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that cuts down on administration as well, for sure. It, 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 absolutely. Um, going back just in the earlier part of this podcast, I, I asked you about how um, agencies themselves may take to a platform like this that um, it, I'm sure is not set out to eliminate agencies. They'll always be there, as you, as you pointed out, to provide that service. But is there actually an opportunity where Assembler could, um, could latch onto feedback and actually take uh, input from some of the agencies in terms of what uh, could be on there and you mentioned briefly that a version of it is being designed and geared towards agencies and is that being done with their input in mind? Yeah absolutely we're working quite closely with a, a number of key agencies um, to adapt the current platform for them to be able to use you know for instance we've currently got a share option in there which means that once you've built that event through the event assembler um, at the moment, a corporate user can share that with, let's say, the executive who wants to have final sign-off. So instead of them having to pull all of the information together into presentation and presenter, Assembler does that. Um, however, for the agency, that needs to be a lot more tangible and significant so that they can actually create presentations on the go for a user. And then, therefore, they can transact and book more events quickly. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a number of features that we're enhancing for the agency um, system at the moment. Um, and the agency system will probably have a different monetization method as well. Sure. When it comes to, um, uh, I suppose, safeguarding during that transaction process, mm. um, what are the, um, I suppose, criteria or methods that are in place to ensure that terms and conditions are being adhered to? Because obviously every different supplier will have a different set of terms and conditions in terms of 
um, whether or not a deposit needs to be paid up front and then a balance within so many days of the actual event. How does that work from a standardization point of view when you're doing it all through Assembler? Yeah, so um, those arrangements are made with between us and the supplier and the venue. Um, we typically have a very standardized um, payment terms, which are based upon even like the most severe payment terms, if you like. So, um, you know, people, some people want the deposit uh, a point of booking. That's what we do. We take the, the deposit a point of booking. We transact, transfer that straight to the, to the venues and suppliers. Um, and then depending on the lead time, um, we'll make sure that the, the rest of it, the balance is paid within good time. Um, typically, you know, sometimes it's 60 days in advance mm -hmm. if the lead time is there. And then the venues and suppliers have the balance paid to them well in advance of the, the event going ahead so that they know that they've got, um, you know, the money in the bank to be able to put this event on. Just picking things up uh, and looking back again at, at the suppliers, um, from a feedback point of view, have you, have you been able to, to garner um, much feedback from uh, suppliers themselves and, and what experience they've had from it? I presume you're in very, very good contact with the users themselves, so that the organisers who are using Assembling have used it. But what have suppliers uh, said to you as a result of this? Yeah, it's, it's important for us as a process to make sure that we've got feedback from both parties because the, the beauty of a, a two-sided marketplace like Assembler is as long as both parties are happy, it works beautifully. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we, we're in regular contact with the, the venues and suppliers as well. Um, what they particularly like about the system is that um, they can use it from a mobile phone. Typically venues don't, but a lot of other suppliers like caterers, photographers, etc., can actually respond to quotes on the go whilst they're at another job. Mm -hmm. where typically they'd have to wait until they go back to the office to then respond to it. Sure. They can actually do that very easily through the platform as well. Um, what um, the other feedback that we've had back is that they like the quality of the inquiry that comes through Assembler. Um, because we're currently only working with direct corporate customers, then typically they'll only shortlist two to three, and in, in, in the, the case of venues, about three, on average about three venues um, for them to get prices from um, and then go ahead and book one of those. Now, venues love this because they're, they're typically bogged down by lots and lots of inquiries, um, of which they, they, they tend to only convert around about 13% with some of the information that we got back from a few hotel chains. Right. So you can imagine putting 100% of effort into 100% of your inquiries, knowing at that point that you're only going to convert 13% of them. Um, and that's largely because, you know, the industry... Um, has been bogged down for a while with people just getting information so they can create nice presentations, etc. cetera. Um, where with us, it's, it's not about that. It's about refining the results on the, the front end and really only transacting serious business. And uh, if people, as we, we come to sort of the end of today's episode, um, if people want to find out more about this and, and, and really sort of delve into a little bit more detail with you guys, um, what's the best way of them tracking down and getting in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, you go to www.assembler.com and let me spell that because it's a single S E M B L R.com. Um, it's also at Assembler um, for both LinkedIn and for, for Twitter, et cetera. Uh, LinkedIn and Twitter are by far the, the most active social channels for us. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'm, we operate a very open uh, organization. So I'm more than happy for anybody to get directly in touch with me at david at assembler.com um, you know 
I should point out uh, uh, that if anybody's listened to the audio version of the podcast, um, if you've missed any of that and you just want absolute clarification, hop over to eventindustrynews.com, look at the video version, and there's a lovely big banner behind David in the video um, with the Assembler logo <laughs> on there and, and, the, and the exact spelling of it, and you won't be able to go wrong at all. A-S-E-M-B-L-R is the correct spelling search for them on uh, on the uh, on the internet and via those social media platforms and i'm sure you'll be able to um, to track them down um david thanks very much for joining us today uh, thanks james yeah it's been great thank you for yeah, inviting me great having you on and, and finding out you know we, we always like to find out about new new systems coming on here and we, we we often speak a lot about new event tech platforms and um this strikes me as one that, that that's been very very well thought out it's been thought of with a very very specific marketplace in mind uh and for that congratulations i wish you guys every success with it thank you so much yeah and thanks the, again for uh, having me on the, the website itself, if you want to find out more about our, our very own products and our very own podcasts and also some of the news, the features and all the bits and pieces that we're doing with Event Industry News, head over to eventindustrynews.com and uh, on your chosen social media platform, whether that be Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever it may be, search for Event Industry News or at Event News Blog and I'm sure you'll be able to track down one of the posts or one of the many posts that are going up there about the stuff that we're up to. The podcast itself is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage that brings us to the end of our episode thanks very much again to our guest david lovett hume from assembler and uh, i think a congratulations to both of us who are both carrying um minor colds i suppose and, and sort of early <laughs> autumn afflictions and we've both battled our way through today's episode thanks very much, very much uh, to everyone for joining uh joining today's podcast and we'll see you on the next episode cheers thanks james mm-hmm.